Take your Bibles, if you would please, and turn to John chapter one. John chapter one. Coming from that, what we've been talking about, and now going into this time, it's a little bit of, a, of, of an awkward transition. As I have been working on this message for tonight, and there's several things here that, you know, we've, we, we've heard in time past. It's a familiar passage. But God has helped me get a little bit more of a glimpse. And I'm not talking about I'm seeing into heaven. But just the awesomeness of recognizing that the Savior that we just sang about, there is coming a time and it is soon. We really are going to be seeing him. And I, I, I pray that this right here helps out. Just if we can settle down. This last Sunday night, we looked at Christ the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. But now we're going to be looking at Christ the Wonder. Christ the the wonder. Look at verse three. We're going to be going through verse to verse through verse five. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Christ the wonder. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are absolutely inadequate to preach or to receive all of this. We, we must wait until we stand before you. Lord, I think of the fact that we had one that was coming to this church that has now transitioned into eternity. And what he sees and what he experiences. Lord, it's... It's beyond our comprehension, and yet you give us detail where we can, we, we can just, in our, in our hearts, in our mind's eye, seek to grasp, to understand, Lord, just what is there. Lord, we definitely need your Holy Spirit there, there's nothing that we can grasp here without our God. So Lord, help us to grasp this, I pray. Just stretched a little bit more that we can see beyond the heavens. And I pray this in our Savior's name and for his glory alone. Amen. All things, all things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Now, I praise God for the people that we have in our church that have studied medicine. I'm so glad nobody ever asks me something complicated 
about the human body, you know, what do I do to fix this? You know, well, here's a hammer, here's a nail, you know, I mean, it'll stay there. And I can't, I can't imagine what you all, and, and Peter, you, you know, the, the intricacies that you wind up learning when it comes to the human body. But we do understand this. When people do seek out the knowledge down to the, the point where you're looking at the atom, when they see that, and we'll see that a little bit, it's, it's, <laughs> it is so far out there. And yet with this, Mankind is absolutely laid bare to where he will either prove, he will either choose life or he will choose absolute foolishness. That Greek word there means all things individually, all things separately. There's not a thing. He created what makes this up, what makes these fake. <laughs> flowers up, the chairs, the, the lights, the sky, everything, everything individually. Think about that. The infinite detail of creation. People were talking at, and, and we saw a little bit of that last night, but people were talking at the church this morning, man, did you see the sunset last night? Was there a good sunset? There was. That's God. You know, my mom was an artist, but she would tell you, there's no artist like God. That, that, is, that is really something. Why is there something, speaking of, why is there something rather than nothing? The answer is God. Mankind loves to explore that which he can see. But when he gets into what he can't see, he starts going off the rails a little bit, as we saw a few weeks ago, winds up going into like what Spencer Smith called the metaphysical. That's dangerous. The phrase, all things were made, literally means to be formed or created again from nothing. They became. Creation is now finished. The words, without him was not anything made. It means not one, again, not one thing. David, I can imagine, there were times when he was, when he was writing, even as a young man, he's writing the Psalms, looking up into the sky, into the starry night. In Psalm 147, verse 5, I don't know if David wrote this, but the psalmist surely grasped some of this when he said, Great is our Lord, and of great power. His understanding is infinite. There is not a place where the wisdom of God has not reached because the wisdom of God created it. Stop and consider of what he holds here. That erases all opportunity for pride. He's the one that deserves the glory, and it has been so hard, again, as I've studied this, and I don't think I'm going to get into it, not going to take the time tonight, but when you read about how mankind tried to explain him away 
when it comes to creation. But even those early on, I, I was reading about Darwin, he struggled greatly because it's like, I, I can't do away with God. I, I just can't do it. That is one thing I love to do when we're out camping. Now, we don't always get to do it because it gets hazy or whatever. But if you stay up late enough and you're far enough from the city lights, you get to look at the starry sky if there's no moon. How many of you have ever seen a moonless night and the stars were just there and they were talking to you? So this is where you kind of like to get into, you know, detail a little bit. Let me, let me just share this with you. Okay, what do astronomers use for distance? They use the light year. The distance light travels in one year. How much? 186,273 miles per second. I'm never going to ride my bike that fast. That is the equivalent in one second that is the equivalent of circling the earth at the equator seven and a half times in one second. That's fast. Our sun is eight light minutes away. That's really something. Especially when you think, well, you know, I want to think bigger. All right. A light year in round numbers, is about six trillion miles. Our sun, again, eight light minutes away. In space, there is comprehension that falls off the page if we try to look at these things and go, well, you know, it's no big deal. For instance, we look at our sun there is another star out there, Antares. That star, that sun, if you want to put it like that, that star could hold 64 million of our suns. 64 million. In the constellation Hercules, there is a star that could, that could contain 100 million stars the size of Antares. You know what's really neat? To sit back and think about the scripture. He spoke and it was done. Amen. That's our God. Now, you know, isn't, the, isn't it amazing? There's more and more we're reading in scripture. It opens our eyes and it's, you sit back and it's like, I, I, can't, I can't take it in. But that's our God. It's there. We can see it with the telescopes. We can see it. Our galaxy, what we call the Milky Way, is 100,000 light years in diameter. It revolves at a speed of 200 miles an hour. Now, that's more my speed. There we go. We can comprehend that. It takes... Two million years to complete one revolution, the Milky Way. Now, again, looking at these things, it's like, you know what? We've got, we've got quite a God. 
but I still can't trust him. Now, that's the way sometimes we live. You know, God can handle the universe, but I've got a problem tomorrow. Now, our God can do it. The building block of the universe is the atom. So small that each one is less than 150 millionth of an inch in diameter. If the molecules of a single drop of water could be converted into grains of sand, a single drop of water, if the molecules could be converted into grains of sand, there would be enough sand to build a concrete highway half a mile wide, one foot thick, all the way from New York to San Francisco. When you stop again and consider that, here's another thing. Living cells, each cell is a living creature containing 200 billion molecules of atoms. The nucleus of a cell is less than four ten thousandths of an inch in diameter. The membrane that encloses the cell's component parts is only half of that, one millionth of an inch thick. Then you read, you, you, you think about this. You just kind of sit back and meditate on it. And then you go to the book of Colossians and you read this in chapter one, verse 17. Let's start in verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And then it says this, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist, literally are held together. The reason why we do not fly apart is him. This earth does not fly apart is him. Why, why, why are we stressing that? Because it helps us understand who we're dealing with. When I think of this, my son is preaching on the temple this morning and he, and he got a hold of me. He says, Dad, I need a little bit of detail on what you saw at the uh, Temple Institute in Israel. I said, no problem, I'll send you uh, a, a few pictures. And so I got to thinking about what we saw there in Israel. And I, in, in going through that, I saw pictures of, of when we were there in Israel at the synagogue in Capernaum. Now, I know the walls that are there and the floor that was there. That's not, that, that's not what Christ stood on, but the rock that he stood on was underneath all that. And, and you know, we're standing in there and thinking, this is the Savior that created all this. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we were there. And there were other places where he was there. This is just one of those things. You stop and meditate, and it makes you praise God. I love the song that we sang. That's great. You know, love that. 
But folks, isn't it wonderful to sit back and meditate sometimes? The Savior that loves us. I get all in a bind about what's going on in the political situation in America. My God has it more than under control. He is large and in charge. Think about it. Look at verse 4, John 1. It just keeps getting better. Not only did create, he create things, in him was life. This is what this book is all about. Christ is life. He created life. He is life. In John 20, 31, we talked about this before, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Why is that? Because we were dead in sin. We have his life. There's verses that, you know, we read and your heart breaks because you think of people that have closed the door. John 5, verse 40, Christ said, and ye will not come to me that ye might have life. You know, you drive around or you look, you know, sometimes on YouTube you see this stuff and you realize there's people out there that are on drugs. They're trying to get something. They're, they're putting everything they can into a God-sized hole and it's not working. That's not life. Satan has so confused and abused mankind. With Christ, it's simple. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And that's what we need to do. John 10.10. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the wicked one. I am come, once again, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Remember when Christ said this, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me, unto the Father, but by me. There's something that I probably, I would dare say, almost all of us, if not all of us, have heard at one time or another. We think of the essentials of life. For instance, there's light. We couldn't exist without the sun. What did Jesus say? I am the light of the world, John 8. There's water. We've got to have it or we're dead. What did Christ say? Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But the water that I, I shall give him shall, he shall never thirst. He said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And then, of course, there's food. And we all like food. I had a chili cheese dog today, you know, with the teens. Ah, good stuff. What did Christ say? I am the bread of life, John 6. Stop and think about it. The apostle John is watching Christ and he's remembering things. He, he writes them out and eventually would put this in this book. But I can imagine he was an eyewitness to, for instance, John 5. Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Now, by the way, we need to stop and consider this. Everybody that exists right now is going to exist forever. It's where you exist. And we have been given the opportunity to claim eternal life, not eternal separation from God, which is eternal death. Can I completely grasp that right now? No, and neither can you. Because all we know is time and space. That's all we know, except what we see in God's word. And I trust him that what he is telling me is true. So here came Christ, and he is teaching and reaching and preaching and loving and sharing and caring. And all this time, trying to get people to recognize who he is. I love, I, I, I love, you know, you think about when Christ was on the cross, and there was the two thieves on either side. They both were cussing him, but then the one realized who he was. The Holy Spirit opened his eyes, recognized who he was, and said, Lord, remember me when thou enterest into thy kingdom. And what did Christ say? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Man, by the way, my wife and I were talking about this. One of the things I know, you know, it's just, we're going to be so busy finding out a few things, a few million things in heaven. But isn't it going to be amazing to hear the testimony of some people who were saved, you know, right before they died? Like those people up in, uh, in the World Trade Center, where that Christian got up on his, on his desk and said, I'm going to heaven, who's going with me? And he starts giving these people, he says, you've teased me all along about this. Let me tell you what it's all about. And people are actually on the phone and saying, yeah, this guy in the office, he's telling people how to go to heaven. Can you imagine? They are feeling the heat of the flames. The last, the last um, text that the family, I'm forgetting the guy's name right now, Bar Baraka or something like that. The last text, he says, the, the, the floor is getting really hot. It's getting almost unbearable. But these people heard how they could know that if they died, they'd go to heaven. And within a matter of minutes, they were there. And Lord knows how many other people are just like that. But here's the challenge, and it's so sad. And when I was studying this, like I mentioned to you, this is the verse that I saw, and I thought, you know something, Lord? It's been too long. I want to go, I want to go through this. Look at verse 5. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, this was amazing to study because you can take the, ver you can take the word that translates comprehended and you can take it a couple of ways. But just to stop and consider the darkness of the fallen race, the darkness 
because of sin. The carnal mind that is at enmity with God. And this is a mind that each and every one of us had. Praise God for the new mind. Praise God for the new way of thinking. Praise God for the new life in Christ. But we still are growing away from it. We've got to get into the word and study this. But there are still people with all kinds of alphabet soup at the end of their name that they look at life that was created by God. They look around. They see the sea creatures, creatures in the air. They see us all around and go, wow, that is some chemistry. That's what they see. I hurt for those. I just, the text here reads this. The light keeps on shining. The light shineth the darkness. It keeps on shining in the darkness. And the darkness has not comprehended it. While we're having church, there are people that are driving by. They know, they can see, the lights are on. The cars are out there. They couldn't care less about what is going on from God's word. Now think about it. Everybody dies. But it's amazing how the comprehension can be so dulled down. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Why? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I don't know about you, but it takes me a while. I, I need to sometimes just sit back and think. I, I, I need to meditate on God's word. I need to allow the Holy Spirit to just take a little bit, because I, I don't know about you, but I just can't speed read the Bible and get everything out of it that I need. There's times that you just have to park yourself on something. There's times, like George Mueller said, I read until I come across a verse upon which I can read, I, I can place my entire weight. There is darkness of carnal minds today. And because of that, they love sin and they hate God. They love sin and they hate God. I don't understand it, but that's because God saved me from my sin. John 3.20, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. I read, you know, I'm trying to get through email. And so here is our attorney general in the state of California going after crisis pregnancy centers, saying they're spilling out nothing but hate and misinformation. They're trying to save lives. They're attacking parents that don't want filth and corruption taught to their kids. And somebody in the higher up in education in California says, parents just don't know what's good for children. That's their mantra. We have drifted 
so far. In Sodom, they were banging on the doors. In California, if you knock on the door, they're the ones that open it. That's how bad things have gotten here. There is darkness when it comes to trying to reach God. You stop and consider this. There are people that have been so successful in bringing across movements and quote-unquote religions and cults that they all have something in common. They're a works religion, and they do not recognize Jesus Christ fully for who he is. You think about Mormonism. Hey, Jesus is the half-brother of Satan, Jehovah's Witness, and they're not Jehovah's Witnesses. He's not the creator. Christ is not. And oh, by the way, Jesus is Michael the archangel. There's no such thing as the Trinity. There's the Muslims. Jesus is just a messenger of God. He didn't die on the cross. Judah t- Judas took his place. Roman Catholicism. My soul, the church is built on Peter and not on Christ. Mary, in some situations, is held up higher than Jesus is. When Pope John Paul II was buried, when you looked on his casket, you saw a big M stood for Mary totally yours. It was addressed to Mary. Pope John Paul II has learned that Christ is all. The point is this. Mankind is spewing stuff, be it in the scientific realm, so-called, or the religious realm, whatever realm, philosophical realm, whatever it is, spewing out things to try and deflect from Christ. You know why we study John 1, 1 through 5? Because we want to make sure that we're drilling deep, not only in our hearts and lives, but in those others that we might talk to, that Jesus is the Christ. And in Christ, we can have life. It's not Darwin, it's Christ. It's not Jehovah's Witness. It's it's none of that. It's all Christ. And just to remind us, you know, he knew what he was doing when he created us. I love it with this. He did just enough to try to get mankind to realize there's such a precision here that there's got to be a mind behind it. They'll think of any other mind (coughs) but the mind of deity. But they've got to recognize there was an eternal mind behind all this. We would not be able to exist if the rotation of the earth was just a tad faster or a tad slower. If the earth was 2 to 5% closer or farther from the sun. If there was a 1% change in sunlight. If the earth or the moon were smaller or larger. 
If there was more than one moon, if the earth's crust was thicker or thinner, if the oxygen slash nitrogen ratio was greater or less, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, the life was the light of men. But the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There's two ways that you can go on that. With that Greek word, it's either they looked and they, and they just couldn't catch it, which is true because we're blinded, or they looked and there was a refusal to embrace it. Comprehended it not. Didn't want it. Didn't care. And you can see that in the leadership of the Jewish people. Can you imagine spitting into the face and slapping the face of he who holds all things together? These first five verses... They are so far beyond our comprehension, but we praise God for them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Lord, there are places in your word and we are so thankful for them. We could just sit back, calm our hearts, quiet our minds and let your Holy Spirit do its work. Do some study, look at some words and eventually the growth of understanding takes place but we still recognize that we are not even close to scratching the surface of your almighty power and being. Lord, thank you for what we see in your word. And as we continue, as we watch you as you walk through Galilee and Judea, may we see you and apprehend you better. Lord, I pray for us this week as we are gone in our different ways, Lord, that we would be a testimony of the knowledge that we have of Christ and Christ in us. I pray this in his name. Amen.